Welcome to the Seek 22 podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm Erin Scanlon, one of the Seek MCs and your host for this season. This podcast is a place of community, collaboration, and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with Jesus. Today, we're hearing from our friend, Dr. Shri at the All Things Catholic podcast. Join this well-known theologian and author for insight on understanding and living out the Catholic faith. Delve deeper into the Bible, prayer time, virtue, relationships, marriage, and family and culture with practical reflections on all things Catholic. Hi, I'm Edward Sri, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. As I travel all over the country, I'm blessed to meet so many amazing people, Catholics who are on fire with their faith. They want to live it. They want to live it deeply, but they've got questions on how to live out their Catholic faith. You know, questions about dating, for example. Uh, how do you how do you do dating in a Catholic way? How do you build authentic love and not do dating like the rest of the world? Or I often hear from young engaged couples that are getting ready to get married, but they're wondering how how do I build a strong marriage? And I don't want to live marriage like the rest of the people in the world today. And I know that doesn't work, but I'm not quite sure how do you build a strong Catholic marriage? And then kids come and then they've got lots of questions about parenting and training and discipline. How do you build a Catholic culture in your home? Uh, These are awesome questions. Maybe you've had these questions before. But what strikes me is that in ages past, the idea of passing on the the vision for how to live life, how to live these relationships would would be passed on from generation to generation, family to family, culture to culture. And uh, Pope Benedict once observed that in our secular age, the challenge isn't simply that we've turned away from faith, that we don't know theology enough or the Bible enough. The problem's deeper. The problem runs much deeper. We don't know how to live. That in our secular ages, we've turned away from scripture, from the church, from tradition, We've lost the art of living. We don't know how to live dating well. We don't know how to live friendship well. We don't know how to live marriage well. We don't know how to live parenting well. We have lost the art of living, he says. Maybe you felt that before. You know, even good, committed Catholics can struggle sometimes in these areas. Maybe maybe we didn't have good role models growing up. Maybe we never got a lot of training and formation in these areas. And sometimes when we step into relationships like dating or marriage or parenting, we, we can feel a little lost, feel a little uncertain. How, how do you go about doing this? How do you do it well? The good news is there is a wonderful tradition on the art of living, a wonderful tradition that goes back over 2,000 years. It goes back not just to the apostles and Jesus, but even further back into the Jewish scriptures and uh, into great philosophers in the Greek world like Plato and Aristotle. It's the tradition of the virtues. And it was this tradition that was passed on generation to generation in the home, in education, in the culture. But in our secular age, so many people grew up and they've never been presented the basic tradition of the virtues and how to live life well. We need virtue so that we can be free to love. We need virtue so we can give the best of ourselves and our friendships, give the best of ourselves and our dating relationships and our marriages and our families, and most of all, with our God. And it's that tradition of the virtues I want to talk about in this special edition 
of All Things Catholic. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and this is a special edition for all those participating in the Focus Seek conference. And uh, it's amazing, you know, this very weekend, as Seek is coming out, uh, this very weekend, uh, 24 years ago now, 24 years ago it was, when Curtis Martin and I were out in the prairies of, of Kansas, out in the middle of nowhere, with 24 students from Benedictine College out at this little retreat place where we were just casting the vision of focus. And and on that day, focus was born. And I'll never forget it because we call it the coldest night on earth. It's when it was zero degrees outside and the heat went out in the men's dorm or the men's cabin. And, and Curtis and I went to bed and we could you know just see our breath as we're falling asleep. It was so cold. But yet the Lord brought the heat, the warmth of the Holy Spirit through that whole initial event, and it spread across the United States, across the world, touching tens and tens and thousands of hundreds of thousands of lives uh, all through these last 24 years. A lot to give uh, great thanks for, and and it's been a blessing to be a part of Focus. Thank you for being a part of it, whether you're a student on campus or you're uh, a benefactor, you're a parent, you're a friend to Focus, you're someone in a parish, and you're participating virtually. Thank you for being a part of this event, and thank you for checking out uh, my podcast here, All Things Catholic with Edward Sree. So let's talk about, I want to talk about the virtues, Uh, but before I do that, I just want to mention about my podcast, it is called All Things Catholic because it comes out every Tuesday and it covers all things Catholic, everything from scripture to the virtues, to theology of the body, to marriage, to dating, to the Lent, to the, the feasts of the year, the saints, the prayer life. So it's uh, very practical. It tends to be short. People tell me they love that they can listen to it while they're on an exercise bike or going for a jog or on running an errand to the grocery store. They're short and practical. And I invite you to check out the show. And if you do check out my podcast and you pull out your phone, you go to Spotify or you go to uh, Apple Podcasts whatever your platform is, I'm going to give you one piece of advice here. Don't simply put in my last name, S-R-I. If you do that, you will find an Indian Hindu guru, and that's not me. You don't want the Indian Hindu guru guy. If you're looking for my podcast, uh, you got to put in Edward S-R-I, my full name, Edward S-R-I, Edward Sri, and you you can find and subscribe to my podcast there. But let's talk about the virtues here. Um, I'm going to tell you a story, which is true. When I was a young kid, my my dad would take me with him on, on on certain meetings he'd had to go to and conferences, and I would fly with him. and And as a little kid, I was just fascinated by flying, being thirty thousand feet up in the air above the clouds. It was just so cool. And to this day, I have to travel and fly a lot. And I, I have to be honest, I'm I'm still kind of like a kid. I get I get excited about flying. But let's say I heard that you needed to fly somewhere, like you needed to fly to Los Angeles. And, and I heard that and I said, oh, let me fly you. I love flying. I am passionate about flying. I just get excited about flying. Would, would you get into an airplane with me in the cockpit? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't have the skills of a pilot. Uh, similarly, uh, another true story, my dad is, was a surgeon and, uh, and, and I used to go around and meet his patients at the hospital he would show me, you know, pictures of his surgery. I would look at anatomy books as a kid, and uh, to this day, I hold surgeons in high esteem. I really value surgeons. And let's say I heard you needed surgery. What would you think if I said to you, "Oh, let me perform your surgery. I value surgery. I, I, I get warm feelings about surgery. Let me perform your surgery." No, there's no way you're getting on that operating table with me 
as your surgeon. I'm not that kind of a doctor, right? It's obvious, right? This is just common sense. You don't get into an airplane with a guy that doesn't know how to fly planes in the cockpit, and you don't get on a surgery table with a guy that doesn't have the skills of a surgeon. And yet, how many people today jump into friendships, dating relationships, marriages, without ever asking the question of virtue? Virtue, does this person have the skill to love me? You see, anyone can say, I love you. (laughs) Anyone can say those words. Some people might even sincerely mean it. But only the person with virtue is actually capable of loving you. In the true sense of love, to will the good of the other. That's the official definition of love in the Catholic Church. To will the good of the other. It's in the Catechism, quoting the great St. Thomas Aquinas. But that requires virtue. You see, virtue gives me the freedom to love. To the extent that I possess virtue, to the extent, for example, I possess generosity, I possess uh, patience, I possess courage, uh, I possess prudence, I I can do generous, patient, courageous, and prudent things to, to bless other people around me, to love them and to serve them. But to the extent I fall short in those virtues, I'm going to do selfish things that will hurt other people. You see, I think when I was a kid, I, I heard about the virtues. I went to Catholic schools and I remember hearing about the virtues, but I had a very individualistic sense of the virtues. Like the virtues were just for me, just something I need, you know, for, to be a good Catholic. I need fortitude, fear of the Lord, piety. And, you know, I hear about these virtues. I need these virtues. So it was like to try to earn a, a badge, to be a good Boy Scout, <laughs> a good Boy Scout for Jesus. So I had a very individualistic sense of the virtues that they were good for me or good for me and my relationship with God. But as I've just grown older in life and certainly have studied the virtues, but just life experiences showed me uh, virtue is not just for me. My wife needs me to be virtuous. <laughs> my kids need me to be virtuous. My friends, my colleagues in the office, they depend on me being virtuous. And when I lack virtue, that's not just a problem for me. It's a problem for my wife. <laughs> you know. So, so for example, to the extent I, I, I lack generosity, I will do selfish things that hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt my wife. I love my wife. I want to honor her. I want to serve her. But my lack of character, my lack of really going after generosity in my life leads me to kind of fall back on selfishness. If, I, if I'm not going after generosity, I will fall back on selfishness. I'm going to be self-centered, not think about her, think about myself. And, and, and I'm not going to be able to love her. I will do selfish things that end up hurting her. My lack of virtue isn't just an Edward III problem. It, it's a problem for my wife. Similarly, my, my lack of virtue is a problem for my kids. For example, if I lack patience and I'm short with my kids, I lose my temper, uh, I get frustrated too easily with them. I, if my, my lack of patience isn't just an Edward III problem. I wound my kids. I make them feel uncomfortable. I make them feel more, you know, worse over something they don't need to feel bad about or something, you know, and I end up hurting them. My lack of virtue isn't just a problem for me. It's a problem for my kids. Same thing. Let's say I lack courage. You know, I, uh, the courage is the virtue that helps me to persist against difficulties, to pursue good things that are hard, that are challenging, that are difficult. And let's say I, I lack courage. And let's say, so I work for some company and the, 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 the boss comes in and tells me that our, our team has to, has to get this new project done and it's a tight deadline and, and I just get overwhelmed and I get discouraged. 
Well, my lack of courage, it doesn't just affect me. It affects my team, the team I'm leading. I mean, if I'm just like, oh, it's so hard, management just doesn't understand, (laughs) that's not helpful. My team needs me to be courageous. They need me to go to them and say, hey, you know, they just came and they said they want us to do this new thing. I know it wasn't on our plan, and I know your plate's already full. I'm not quite sure how we're going to get this done, but I believe in all of you. I believe if we come together, we can prioritize, we can think this through, and we can get this done. They need me to be courageous. When I lack courage, it affects their lives too. Similarly, if I lack prudence, prudence is the virtue that helps me to be able to make good decisions. I I make decisions in the present based on long-term goals. Who do I want to become? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? Uh, And if I lack prudence, I just kind of make spontaneous decisions. I just go with the flow. That doesn't just affect me. It affects my family. (laughs) If I just say, oh, let's spend all this money on this, and I didn't think it through, and now we lost you know, all the savings we needed for something else. Or I didn't think through the weekend and I, I, I committed our family to do this social event and then take the kids to this movie. And, and my wife's like, well, we needed to get all these house projects done. I, my lack of prudence affects my wife. It affects my family life. It affects our finances. Virtue isn't just about me. My lack of virtue impacts other people for the worst. I need to grow in virtue first and foremost, just to become the man God wants me to be. And I need to grow in virtue so I can love God and give him more praise and serve his will with all my heart, of course. But when I lack virtue, it also affects the people around me. Virtue gives us the freedom to love. It gives us the freedom to love. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. I love soccer and I I follow soccer and I grew up playing soccer. But I, I, I have to be honest with you, I'm not that skilled at the game. My kids, I, 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 got, I got a number of kids that play competitive club soccer. They've got great coaches. They're really, they're on the t- they're top teams, each of them, uh, for their age division. And you, you just know that they're really good. When you give them the ball, they're going to do something good with the ball. So we organize all these just fun games at the park in our neighborhood. And we invite students from the Augusta Institute missionaries from Focus, and uh, we've got people at uh, Christ in the City. These are different apostolates here in the Archdiocese of Denver. So you've got young adults, you've got old dads like me, you've got kids in you know, junior high and high school playing, and, uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's a little competitive. And when I go out there, you know, again, I know like when I give the ball to my kids, like they, they're really skilled. They look up, they have a good touch of the ball, they can make a pass, they can make a shot, they can score. They're going to do good things with the ball. I, on the other hand, I don't have those skills. So I'm, I'm not as reliable. I'm not as dependable, you know? And so, you know, you give the ball to Dr. Shree and, you know, 50% of the time he'll make a good pass and, you know, advance the ball down the field. Sure. And, but maybe 50% of the time he's going to lose the ball, make a bad pass. You know, you, you're not sure. I'm not as reliable. So at critical moments of the game, uh, I know my teammates are hesitant to pass the ball to me. I, I remember, I, I remember this one game recently. I'm, I'm like wide open over here. And I am I I'm waving to my teammate. My teammate sees me, and and he doesn't pass the ball to me. <laughs> and, and and I get it because I wouldn't want to pass the ball to me in a critical moment like that because you're not sure what I what Doctor Shree is going to do with the ball. He's not as dependable. He's not as reliable. Here's my question for you: Are you the kind of person other people can depend on, really, consistently? Are you reliable? Can they count on you? Can they lean on you in moments when, when they need a little extra help? You know, that's what virtue is all about. Virtue makes us the kind of men and women 
that can be there for other people truly and that's more than just like desire right on that game and that and that game day i i desired the ball i really wanted to help the team uh i really wanted to try to score or make a good pass and but but desire in the end doesn't matter that doesn't that doesn't mean you know manchester united is going to hire me uh to play on their team just because i have great desire and passion and i value soccer <laughs> you know i don't have the skills again think of Think of virtue as the skills that give us the ability to love. Think of it that way. And that makes us reliable and dependable. Can other people depend on you? Can they count on you? If they have some, they need extra help. Are you the kind of person that you're you're not going to close in and go, oh, I've just got so many things or, you know, they know that you would drop things for them. You know, I know, for example, in the office, there's certain people that I know that if I have something important, and it's a little. It's going to require a little work, and it might be. It's going to be a little hard. It's going to require some time. I know there's certain people in the office I can go to, and they're going to be like, "Oh, all right, thanks for asking. I want to help," and they're awesome. And I know they're going to do a good job. Uh, I know there's other people that'll be overwhelmed. They're not sure, and, and I feel like I'm more of a bother to them. Right? You, you have people like that in your life, right? I, you know, uh, I have certain people in my family. I might know, hey, the, the so this certain task I need to give the, this to somebody. This person will be really good with this. They, they're really skilled at this. They know how to do this. They know how to take care of this. And and you, you're going to trust them with the ball, so to speak, right? You're going to give them that thing. And there's other people who are going to go, oh, well, they might do it, but they're not going to be careful. It's not going to be done well, or it's going to be done late, or you're going to have to be constantly checking in on it. You know, you know what I mean? We have people like this we know in our lives that are not reliable. They're not dependable. Why is that? Ultimately, it comes down to virtue. Does this person have the virtue to love, to serve, to serve something bigger than themselves, to do God's will? That's what this is all about. You know, virtue, the definition in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Article 1803, virtue is the habitual disposition to do the good. Again, I like to think of it virtue. Think of virtue as the skills we need, the skills we need to love, the skills we need to live friendship the skills we need to live dating relationships, the skills we need to live marriage, the skills we need in the office, the skills we need to live as a Christian, to love God, our Heavenly Father, we, that requires virtue. So virtue is the habitual disposition to do the good. And the Catechism describes four basic qualities that we, we do the good consistently, we do it easily, we do it promptly, we do it with joy. So just because I, I help out one day, I volunteered at the parish for the first time this year, doesn't make me the generous servant of the Lord at my parish. <laughs> I did it one time. You know, I, am I consistent? Am I reliable? And the kind of person people would, you know, they know that they can turn to me and I, and I would just serve in that way, right? Is it easy for me to do it? You know, and, and, and do I do it? Do I do it with joy? Those are the questions we want to ask that that's a sign that we possess virtue. Now, how do we grow in virtue? I'm going to close with just three things from the Catholic tradition on how we go about growing in virtue. And I'm going to just go really brief here. I actually have whole episodes just on these topics. You can check them out in the archives uh, on, my, on my podcast. But how to grow in virtue, three things. First of all, we got to educate ourselves on the virtues. Uh, I want to be clear what I'm sharing with you. These are my ideas. This is from the catechism. This is from the Catholic tradition. We educate ourselves on the virtues. We, if we don't really know what the virtuous life is all about, we're never really going to get better. 
And remember, most of us did not grow up with the art of living. Most of us did not get a systematic training in the virtues. I would say, you know, probably 95% of Catholics couldn't even name the four core virtues, the four natural virtues. Uh, They're called the cardinal virtues of prudence, courage, temperance or self-control, and justice. So those four core virtues, most Catholics couldn't even name them. Maybe you could name them, but uh, uh, would you know what are the three sub-virtues you need to actually be a prudent man? And what are the vices that undermine prudence? You know, do you know, like, these are the, the three key things you need to be truly a courageous person? And what are the the vices, the weaknesses, the fears that undermine our courage? Again, the, the, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, Aristotle, these great you know, thinkers in our in our Western tradition. Many of the saints have really expounded upon the virtues, and most of us don't really know it. We, you know, we hear a talk on virtue, and we go, oh, okay, great, here we go. Uh, but really, we need to form our minds. We have to understand what the virtuous life is about so that we can begin to run after it. If I don't really deeply know what this is, I'll never get better. You know, I, I like to say studying the virtues is like an examination of conscience <laughs> where you're realizing here's Jesus. He's the one that possesses all the virtues and here are the many ways I fall short. And how, how can I bridge that gap? How can I, how can I become a little more like Christ today? And then what, what can I work on the next day? And I'm constantly trying to become ever more like Jesus. I can only do that if I learn more about the virtues. Uh, second thing, we need is much effort. We have to try as hard as we might, you know, give, give the best we can to imitate Christ in, in the virtues. And the best way to do that in the Catholic tradition isn't simply to say, I'm, I'm not going to do bad things. But how do you overcome your weaknesses? How do you overcome your vices? By practicing the opposite virtue. Let me give one example here. Let's say you're someone who is prone to anxiety, uh, you know, you tend to be anxious. You're worried about what people think of you. You're worried about the future. You're you're worried about a relationship. You're worried about your job. You tend to just fall into this anxiety. Anxiety is is never from God. The Jesus says, "Do not be anxious." He wants to free us all from that anxiety. You know, being concerned. Let me be clear: being concerned. You know, and having you know, you know, using your mind and being prudent, of course, is is a good thing. But when we start to lose our trust in God, that's a sign that something is off. And that's where Aquinas explains that, you know, what, you, what we want to do is remember how trustworthy God is. So maybe rather than just saying, I'm not going to be anxious, I'm not going to worry, uh, I'm not going to allow myself to be stressed out and anxious, you know, what you want to do is practice the opposite virtue of, of trusting God. Maybe have a little, a little prayer in your head to just cry out the next time you're worried about something. Say, Jesus, I trust in you. Take that line from St. Faustina in the Divine Mercy chapter. Jesus, I trust in you. Or or take that line from Romans 8.28 and remember what St. Paul says, that in all things, in all things, God works for good in those who love him. In all things, so that no matter what happens, even if my worst suspicion is true, my worst fear, uh, my worst nightmare comes true, all these things that if God allows it, do I really trust? If God in his providence permits something to happen, not that he may wish this cross or difficulty on me, but but if, if, if it happens, he can bring good from it? Do I really believe that? Do I believe that in all things, all things, God works for good in those who love him? You see, if I focus on the goodness of God and trusting God, 
remembering his providence, remembering his care, remembering that in all things, God works for good in those who love him. If I put those good thoughts in my head, that helps me counter my falling into anxiety and fear and being overwhelmed. Jesus wants us to have his peace. So we, we overcome our weaknesses by practicing the opposite virtue. Uh, so we have to put a lot of effort into the virtuous life. But the last thing and most important, my friends, is we have to learn to rely on God's grace. You know, we can do the first two steps, educate ourselves, memorize all the virtues. We could try with all our might, and we need to do both. But in the end, we're always going to fall short. We're still going to have gaps. We're going to run up against our own poverty, our own weakness. And Jesus wants to meet you in your poverty. He wants to meet you precisely in those areas where you lack virtue, where you fall short, where you feel maybe painfully, sorrowfully your your weakness, your sin. He wants to meet you right there. That's not, in other words, it's not something to just run away from. It's actually Jesus wants to meet you there and he wants you to know his love for you and he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to cry out and say, Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. Jesus, I need you. Help me. I can't change. I can't do this on my own. I've been doing the first two steps. I've been learning about the virtues. I've been trying with, you know, with, with all my will to, tr- to, to be better. And I'm still falling short in these areas, Jesus. I need you. I need to rely on you. I can't do this on my own. It's when we actually dare to come to Jesus in our humility, in our poverty, in the truth of who we really are like that, he can't resist us. He loves us so much, but he loves us especially when we come humbly before him. And that's when real transformation can take place, when we learn to rely on his grace, the grace that we receive through prayer, especially through the sacraments, the Eucharist, and in a very special way, the sacrament of reconciliation, going to confession regularly, bringing our sins every month, maybe even every week if we have to, but at least every month going to confession to receive his grace so that we are not just forgiven, but confession gives us grace to help us overcome our sins. That's the beauty of this great gift of the sacraments. Now, I want to tell you that all that I've been sharing with you is from a book that I wrote. The book is called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and the Freedom to Love. And I've written many articles on it. I've got talks on this. And and, and the articles and the talks are on my website for free. You can go to edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Uh, or you can check out the book. You can find it on Amazon. It's called, Again, it's called The Art of Living, uh, The Cardinal Virtues, and the Freedom to Love. You can go to Amazon, Ignatius Press, Augustine Institute. You can find it on my website as well. Uh, if you are on social media, follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook. You can reach out with any questions uh, over over those platforms as well. And definitely check out my podcast. Subscribe to it. It's called All Things Catholic with Edward Sri. So check out the show, All Things Catholic with Edward Sri. Subscribe there. And know that I'll be praying for you in the Seek Conference. Please pray for me and my family. May we all grow in virtue through the grace of Jesus Christ. God bless. Thanks for listening, friends. 
For more content from this podcast, click the link in the episode description. Join these podcasters and many others as we encounter Jesus at Seek 22, February 4th through the 6th. For more information and to register, visit seek.focus.org.